Oh, we've had bitter cold. We've had snow. We've had lots of snow. We've had days where we haven't gotten out. Some kids haven't been out for a week now. Right. <laughs> for weeks. So... What do we do when we're stuck inside? Well, we watch movies, we consume media, and who better to talk about it than a guy who has watched and reviewed roughly 15 quintillion movies and television shows, and that is Paul Acey with the Plugged In staff since 2007, and he's with us this morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. So happy to be here. So last year gave us a lot of very interesting films and TV shows, a lot of things were just immensely popular. You know, that's how it goes. You know, it, it flares up. It's great, popular. Um, and, but maybe there were some that, you know, that slid under our radar that while we're, you know, binge watching and, and trying to find something good to watch after dinner, are there some that, you know, maybe slipped under the radar that we should go back and look at? You know, actually, the movie world is filled with things like that, right? We, uh, we always pay attention to the big blockbusters, the, uh, the really notable movies that come out around this time of, you know, of year we're thinking about Oscars and all that sort of stuff. But you always do find some really fun under-the-radar stuff. And frankly, when I'm reviewing movies, I find that it's the stuff that doesn't necessarily get all the attention that I really gravitate to personally. I really find myself liking some of these under-the-radar gems. It is, uh, it can be kind of delightful to, to try to figure out what, uh, what to watch that not everybody is watching. You exactly. Know? So <laughs> there's a ton of stuff like that out there. Um, and actually, this is kind of an opportune time to talk about this because the, the plugged-in staff and I, we have been talking a little bit about the best movies we saw this year. We're getting all prepped up for our plugged-in movie awards. Yeah. So I'm not going to tip any, any hands here. I'm not going to say that this is necessarily something that we're considering, but, but there are some things that, that I will probably mention today that we have talked about during our plugged in movie awards discussion. Okay, so give us one of those gems for our morning. So let me tell you about the first slam dunk. Probably about 20 people have watched this movie, <laughs> uh, but it is really, really a delightful film. Uh, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has very, very little content. Uh, you can actually watch it on a lot of streaming services. I think it's available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Um, you can find it uh, in a lot of different places. And it's, a, it's essentially this animated movie about this guy who is, is working to, to obviously play basketball. But the, the themes of it go so much deeper mm. than basketball. It is a really sweet, inspiring movie. Uh, if you're interested, check out our review on PluggedIn.com. But, but it is available. Um, it is one of those movies that will make you smile. What's the name of it? The First Slam Dunk. Oh, that's the called. name of The First Slam Dunk. Okay. okay. I know. <laughs> what, what a strange little name, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was down. a description and I, not yeah, the thought, title of the movie. I did too. I thought, <laughs> no. okay, now here's the slam dunk movie that you got to go see. And like, okay, what's the title? I feel like it's Abbott and Costello <laughs> here this morning. <laughs> yeah. Who's on first? No, no. All right. It is, it is really a sweet little movie. So mm. definitely check it out if you have a chance. 
Well, I, I I will definitely do that because there is somebody in our family who is huge about animated uh, and and digital movies and so forth. My daughter loves this stuff, and so th- that's one that I think we can all watch. And I won't get this eye roll from my nineteen year old going, oh, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it's you know, it's an animated film. She'll be interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. It, it really does have a lot going for it. The person who reviewed it for us isn't even a basketball fan, and he loved it. He came back and said he thought it was the best movie of the year. So definitely check it out if you have a chance. Wow. How about more of a drama or or maybe a series that you loved? You bet. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I... this is going to be something that, that, that may not appeal to everybody, but in terms of a series that I really, really appreciated this year, was actually Loki. Loki season two. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was really, yes. really surprisingly impactful. Um, yeah. Disney Plus, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, it, obviously, Marvel has had a little bit of an up and down year uh, for superhero fans. The, the quality of some of the, the, mm-hmm. the Marvel movies have not been quite up to snuff. But this TV show was really, really powerful. It takes, it takes one of Marvel's most notable supervillains. And over the two seasons that it's, it's aired, it's sort of shown him come around to being really someone who is caring and compassionate and becomes something of a hero. The thing about season two that was so powerful to me was the idea of taking up the helm of responsibility, sacrificing for the greater good. Uh, the, The story sets up so perfectly where where Loki is talking about his glorious purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks that that means ruling the world or ruling the universe. That comes with a lot of consequences that he doesn't quite realize. And the, the, the trajectory of Loki in season two, I thought was, was surprisingly beautiful. The story is wonderful, and the, the imagery is fantastic, and also the acting is superb. It, you know, oh, you can man. have a, a great story, but if the acting is lackluster, not making any names, but if it's if it's got a great story, but the acting is bad, it misses the mark. This had, I agree with you 100%, loved the Loki series. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, highly, yeah, loved it. I was so sad that it ended actually after mm-hmm. season two. We won't see season three of Loki from what I understand. But Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, you can't go wrong. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So, Paul, what themes do we need to hear? If, you, if you're thinking about our culture today, are there certain themes that you think, I look for this in a film because I think we really need this today? Good question. You know, I think that, that is a great question. And I think that, that when I think about what we need to hear, maybe it is something that we find in Loki, that, that, that need to sacrifice, that that understanding that doing the right thing is a hard thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. We live in our culture in a very me-centric environment, right? It, it tends to be, even in the movies and TV shows, we tend to see these messages of, well, if this, this satisfies my needs, if this uh, makes me happy, that is what we should pursue, but, you know, when, you're, when you dive into the Word of God, that is clearly not the case. You know, mm. we are living for Him. We are living for other things outside of ourselves. We are supposed to, to offer ourselves up for, as a sacrifice every day. 
Um, and so when I find movies that really sink their teeth into the idea of, of sacrifice, of doing the right thing, even when it's hard, of loving your fellow neighbor, uh, those are movies that I feel they really resonate with me personally, of course. But I think that they're, they're messages that as a culture we could hear more of to remind mm. us that we are not here to be living for ourselves. We are here to be living for God and for others. So is there anything coming up that we should you know, keep an eye on? Is there anything that, that, that you've got your finger on the pulse of something that we should look forward to uh, that uh, is, might end up being one of these gems we talk about at the end of the year? You bet. Let me give you two thoughts on that. These are not family movies necessarily, but these are movies that you might be hearing about as the Oscar nominations roll out. These are movies that are very thoughtful for for adults. Um, And one of them would be Freud's Last Session. Uh, That is a really fascinating, uh, very talky movie about Sigmund Freud, the famous psychoanalyst, meeting C.S. Lewis. And they talk. Wow, I can't even imagine understanding that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's really an impressive bit of cinema. Anthony Hopkins stars as 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 Sigmund Freud, of course. uh, But it really it really talks about sort of their two very very different views on God, and they joust throughout this movie. Uh, about how they view uh, God, trans- transformation, how they deal with things that, that are going through in their lives, the, the weird little the weird paradoxes in their own lives uh-huh. uh, as they try to express their philosophies and how maybe sometimes their own personal lives reflect maybe that, that they're not as consistent as maybe they think. It is a powerful movie. Uh, Christians who come in will find that that C.S. Lewis does a fantastic job of of reflecting not only what the real C.S. Lewis wrote about God and his own journey to God, uh, but does a great job of explaining why God is believing in God is not the insanity that that Sigmund Freud believes it to be. That's awesome. Um, That's fascinating. Another movie that I'll just point you to real quick is The Zone of Interest. This is a weird, weird German language movie. And it talks a little bit about uh, this man and wife. This, they, they build this beautiful little uh, suburban ideal house with family, with laughter, with all of this stuff, uh, right next to the place where the husband works. The catch is the husband works at Auschwitz. He oh. is the head commandant <laughs> of Auschwitz, and he is responsible for the atrocities, the horrors that take place within. Mm. And so you have this really fascinating uh, unpacking of, of how the wife of this commandant lives her life. She loves her life. This is the life that she has always wanted, and she willfully pushes away everything that makes it possible. She completely ignores the, the horrors that are taking place literally right over the wall. Um, oh. It is the most powerful movie that I've probably seen oh. this year. It is, of course, very difficult to watch. Oh uh, but it, it actually pulls back a lot from what it could have been. We never go into inside Auschwitz to see the horrors that take place. It is all removed. 
and so because of that, it's rated PG-13, but it is a hard PG-13, but it'll make you think for sure. Wow. Is it historically accurate? Is it based on anything, you know, like some films are based on true stories. Is, is there any factual uh, truth to it, or is this basically a, a work of, uh, you know, a drama, a work of, of, of artistic fiction? This is actually based on the real commandant oh, of, of Auschwitz. Yeah, Rudolf Haas, uh, he, he was in charge of, of the final solution, as the Nazis called it. And it, it unpacks some just sort of the very, very odd paradox of this, oh. this family that clearly loves their children. Lots of laughter. The flowers grow beautifully next to the horrors that make oh, it all possible. Oh, my. That is so sobering. I'll have to be, wow. uh, yeah, I'll have to work up the courage to yes. watch that one. Wow. It's a, it's a difficult movie, but of all the movies that I saw, I don't think, when I go to a movie, right, I see so many movies. The movies that I really appreciate are yeah. the ones that I'm thinking about days later. And this was one that kept me thinking for days and days and days. And I'm still thinking about it, obviously. So uh, it's, a, it's a strong movie, but it's not necessarily one that you want to go out on a date night. You know, right. it's, right. it's just not. Yeah. So, Paul, is there a lighthearted movie maybe from yeah. last year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really a great way to, <laughs> to move on from this. And let me point you to one that's out in theaters now, um, Wonka. Uh, it has yes. gotten quite a bit of attention, but it is a delightful uh, story of the origins of Willy Wonka. I don't think that anybody was really asking for a <laughs> Willy Wonka origin story, but, <laughs> but this one proved to be really fun. It's oh. a musical. It's a comedy. It has very, very few problems. When you're talking about taking your kids to see something, right. you do have to navigate just a little bit of crude humor. Uh, you do have to talk a little bit about a corrupt Catholic agency or a corrupt church, uh, but but they clearly make it very clear that this is just one little pocket that has has been corrupted by chocolate, essentially. Of course, it uh, <laughs> so, makes so sense it, to me. It, I understand. How can anything be corrupted by chocolate? <laughs> well, <laughs> so it is, it is just a fun, sweet musical yeah. film. Uh, that 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 will actually make you, unlike Zone of Interest, you will be smiling by the time you leave theaters after right. These are wonderful, mm. wonderful recommendations, and I love uh, having these conversations. Yes, I do too. Uh, very quickly, do you know? Do do you feel that there is a difference between a movie and a film? I'm thinking this Zone of Interest. That's a film, and Wonka is a movie. I think that's exactly right. It's a great distinction. One is meant to entertain. The other one is really a piece of art that is intended yeah. to make you think. Yeah. Oh, Paul, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for all that you do. Thanks for taking some time to talk to us and uh, share your insights. Anytime, anytime at all. Thanks so much.